And welcome to Catholics Coast to Coast, another chance for us to give you a little sample of what's happening in the great podcast world, available at EWTN Radio. When you simply click on Podcast Central, it'll take you to all the great shows that you may have missed or ones that can help to deepen your Catholic faith. I'm Ace McKay, and this week we're going to kick things off with Honest to God, one of our episodes this week discussing what are the three places Catholics believe in, heaven, hell, and even purgatory. That's open for discussion today with this week's Honest to God on Catholics Coast to Coast. Hey there, this is Christian, and on this episode of Honest to God, we talk about what happens after you die. We're all going to pass on eventually, and wouldn't it help to know where you're going to go? Well, you've got three options, and how you live your life is going to decide just that. So join us for the next hour as we talk through heaven, hell, and purgatory. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. This is Honest to God on AM 1160 The Quest, Atlanta's Catholic Radio. Super pumped to be here today. It's going to be a it's going to be a great show. We're going to be talking about the last things. We're going to be talking about, well, three of the last things. We're going to be talking about uh, heaven, hell, and purgatory. We've got Julian coming back with us. We've got Natasha here. And then we have Celeste and Christian who are new in the studio today. Super excited to have you guys. And as always... There's producer Ben. Always me. I would never. I wouldn't forget Ben. Wouldn't forget. And uh, to my right, there is a. I don't know what I would call it. An inky nothingness stretching on to eternity. Uh, yeah. Show notes. Benny may or may not Spell. be there. We don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't Can't know. tell. Yeah. At this point, which is fitting. Talking about last things today. It so is. Yeah. let's get excited about that. Uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. Uh, we're going to do prayer, and then we've got. One fun fact apiece from Julian and Natasha, and then five from Celeste and Christian. You mind leading us a prayer, Julian? You've I got do the best, not mind. I'm the excited. best radio voice. Oh, well, thank you. I'd much rather listen to you than me. Okay. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful gathering of our brothers and sisters, and where we discuss what is to come, and what we understand is to come, and what we may hope is to come, and what we hope is not to come as well. And... I ask that this conversation is fruitful and that we can proclaim your word and continue to evangelize who you are. And we'll say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, pray for us. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. All right. Awesome, Julian. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. Let's get started. Julian, what you got? One fun fact. One fun fact. I do not own any Punko Funkos. I've seen them everywhere. And What's a Punko Funko? Okay. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, these I know new exactly like what you're talking about. The, the, they're like the new Beanie Babies, I'd say, oh, and they the make them heads. of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah. the huge uh-huh. heads, and people love them. I've bought them as gifts, but I do not own any of myself. Fun so, fact um, about me, I'm going to interject, is I just sold all of my Funko Pops. I used to have like... 15 of them wow. i had a crap done that i just collected and as soon as he described it yeah that you had. Wow. yeah i had tons of them but they were just taking up so much space on my shelf so i sold all of them for like 25 dollars welcome yeah. to the club yeah yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm Funko funko this as well nice, nice. <laughs> all, right. all right all the okay. way from st petersburg <laughs> what you got natasha um well when i was younger actually do i still know when i was younger i would eat tomatoes as if they were apples with like salt and lemon. Okay. They're really good. I would still do it. I just haven't. So I, put, and lemon. I put salt and pepper on cantaloupe. It's really good. Cantaloupe. Yeah. Cantaloupe. cantaloupe. Oh, yeah. 
little like salt, sweet little and salty. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's yeah. Watermelon too. It's good on watermelon. Yeah. yeah, I put salt on watermelon. Wow. I put pepper too. Uh-huh. I'll try it. Yeah, cool. I like it. That was a fun fact. I like that one. That was just the appropriate amount of fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, big big pressure on you, Celeste. US five. What you got? Um, let me think. I'll I'll just do introductory, I guess. So I'm a college student. I go to Georgia State. Awesome. Um, I'm majoring in health science, kind of like in the nursing Mm -hmm. like area. I have six siblings, so we're a total of seven. Nice. Praise God. Um, I'm a traditional Catholic, mm-hmm. so I go to tradition a lot in mass. I attend that. And fifth. Oh. <laughs> mm. Wait, one of your fun facts that your name is Celeste. No, that doesn't oh. count. It totally doesn't count. <laughs> You're at four right now. Yeah. There's one more. Do you eat fruit weird like uh, Natasha over there? <laughs> What's something that I tweered about me? Pets. Cool thing you did. Oh, I just um, adopted two kittens. Did you really? Like Aww. this week, last, past weekend. What are so, their names? You guys, tell us the names. I still haven't named them. Don't okay. know. Tag me for it. I need Sorry. to name them. Like my goal is to name them by today. We had a cat named Cat for like five years. Yeah, it was a barn Aww. cat. It was a great cat. And I just got a new corgi, and his name is Tater. Oh, yeah, he's pretty. Cool. I used to have a cat, and um, she's not here anymore. But her that name is. Yeah, that should have been my fun fact. She, her name was Gus Gus. Uh huh. Like from, from Cinderella or Cinderella, yeah. Cinderella, mm-hmm. and then I had a dog, yeah. and I named him Jack Jacks. That's awesome. <laughs> so it was like Gus Gus and Jack Jacks go over here. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. Cute. <laughs> Yeah, I dig it. I'm a big, big fan of dogs. Yeah. Christian, what you got? Um, fun facts. I am a fourth degree black belt. I don't Heck know yeah. if that counts as fun. Mm, that's very fun. That's very yeah. fun. <laughs> if, you, if you subscribe right now, Ben Barron will fight Christian on camera uh, during the break. I guess as a second degree red belt, that yeah. would be It's funny unfair. I get it. I get it. Uh, number two, I'm starting a business. Okay. So nice. Um, number three, uh, I have three jobs. One of them, including, I have a family business. So um, we have we're one of the biggest Mexican distributors of spices in the United States. Really? So that's, that's cool. yeah. Okay. That's one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, I was born in Chicago, mm-hmm. and then last one would probably be. She took mine. I was going to say I'm a traditional Catholic, so I go to the traditional Latin Mass. Are you guys both? Is it St. Francis de Sales? Or? I go to St. Francis de Sales and St. Monica. So. Okay, cool. Oh, big, big shout out to Father Jack over at St. Monica. I was doing a confirmation there last week. Uh, I was a sponsor for a high schooler being confirmed, and it was the most beautiful confirmation Mass I've ever been a part of. And I've been to multiple confirmation ma- Masses every year for the past 10 yeah. years or so, and I mean, hands down. Father Tron. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, really. Father Baker. Yeah. Yes. Shout out all yeah. Three Baker. Musketeers. Yeah. He's, uh, um, <laughs> is he doing okay? I knew that he was not. He's, he's still in the hospital. Or... He's still. Okay. Yeah, he's not, I mean, he's not better. He's still there. He's yeah. been there since Holy Week. He's phenomenal. He's done. Uh, he, well, yeah, he went there for Holy Week. He was going on a uh, on a retreat with me in Mississippi with a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. and or uh, not a retreat, a mission trip. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up being hospitalized, and so we've been praying for him ever since. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was supposed to speak. Um, actually, we should have said that as our fun fact too. We went to Regina Shaley Academy. You both did. Yeah, yeah. Graduated. graduated. What year? I graduated twenty. Okay. 21. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I only went there for two years. He went longer than me. Right. I was in public school. But um, yeah, Father Baker was supposed to talk at the graduation this year. Yeah. And he was, you know, oh, Well, prayers for Father Baker. He's a, what a wonderful holy priest. Big fan. Yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. 
So, Ben, do you want to do, get any fun facts or anything? I already gave yourself? a fun fact, John Henry. About your Punko nice. Funkos? <laughs> Punko Funkos, that, that is their fact. new name. Yes. Punk, yeah, that's what Julian said. Yeah, Punko that was his, and his fun fact was that he sold all his. Uh -huh. Punko Funkos. Yeah, I sold every single one. Are they not called Punko actually, Funkos? Actually, I sold it's one the, of them Funko. for like $70. What is it? They're called Funko. That's the oh. brand. Funko. So wait, so what's wait. the Punko? Did I make <laughs> the Punko? No, you made that word up. The official is like Funko Vinyl Pop Figures. That's yeah, that's what but that's more boring. Funko Funkos. Oh, Funko Funkos. <laughs> yeah. okay, we got brand new, <laughs> honest to God, Punko Funkos coming out. Uh -huh. Check them at the retailer near you. It's going to be great. Yep. One with Ben's head, one with your head. It's all producer Ben's. Oh, it's all producer Ben's. Yeah, okay. They're different. just me doing like different poses. Different, different grimaces. Different microphones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, no, that is fantastic. So, all right, we've, we've burned up a lot of time in this, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, so, the the... Our subject today, right, what we're focusing on is heaven, hell, and purgatory. And I get asked all the time, I teach a theology class, I get asked all the time some manner of, like, what is it like in hell? What is it like in heaven? What is it like in purgatory? And it's one of those things that's so frustrating because my answer is, I don't know. I've never been there. I mean, I, I can tell you, I can tell you what it's not like. I can talk about how hell is hopeless and it is a place without goodness. And I can talk about how heaven is what we are created for. It is the fulfillment of our, it's what our souls have longed for since conception and all of these things. But I can't get, I can't get specifically into it. And it's a tough thing to address. So that's, today's one of those days when I'm really happy to be the moderator. So I just get to ask you guys questions. So I want to open it up in terms of heaven, hell, and purgatory. What are your thoughts? What are the kind of questions you get? And how, how do we even go about talking about these things that no one who's in this current plane of existence as physical beings has experienced? What are your thoughts? Well, <laughs> First question I usually get, especially from Protestants, is where is purgatory in the scriptures? That's an awesome question. And that's always the question that comes up. And it's tough to ask because, or tough to answer because mm -hmm. it's such an interpretive look that Catholics have right. on what is purgatory. And Are you about to give us like the elevator pitch for it? Because I actually think that would be great. Then I'll do a great short of it. Elevator pitch for purgatory. Elevator pitch for purgatory? Yeah, biblically. Do you know it? No. Okay. Mm. I'm not sure if I know yeah. the verse. I know it's like yeah. Maccabees, right? I was about to say Maccabees. It, yeah, it's Maccabees, but, but I don't know it off the top of my head. That's one thing Protestants, I got to give them credit that they're chastised by fire. Very good. Yeah. That's the one, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I wish I, I wish that I had like pulled the chapter and verse because it is like we need to do a whole series of just shorts for like biblical basis for what Catholics believe about oh, X, yeah. Y, and That'd Z. Be a great so it's right here. Here's what it says. Yeah. Think about it. Memorize this so you've got it ready to go. I'm sorry, Julian. I no, that's okay. No, no, you're good. You're good. That's, uh, I like the, when the conversation goes like that. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, chastised by fire. I I have brought that up, and then they say, oh no, that's that's hell, mm -hmm. and then that's what their um, their interpretation of what hell is. Yeah. That you're chastised by fire. Either you go this way or that way. Um, so how but, do you answer it? How do you answer the? Well, actually, I'll usually say that I think that hell is cold. Um, that, it, that is <laughs> the absence. Out to Dante Alighieri. Mm -hmm, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that's the absence of God. So how could we have heat and warmth in heaven or in hell uh, right. when it's the absence of God? And yeah, that's Dante's Inferno says that the depths of hell are you're in a block of ice and being gnawed on by Satan himself. Right. Right. <laughs> If you're if you're, Judy, if you're Judas, Judas, Brutus, and you're Cassius, right? Yes, <laughs> the ones you don't definitely don't want to be. Yeah, but the, and that's something that I want to dig into, and I'm curious to people's thoughts because we have all these analogies and metaphors, but it's frustrating the lack of concrete. I mean, didn't the church have to come out like two decades ago and say, "Listen, what you're calling limbo was actually like invented by Dante, and we get it, wrote a really good book, but that does not make it church doctrine." So chill 
with talking mm-hmm. about that? I don't know. Just how do we get into it? How do we how do we even start to address these things that are so um, that we don't have any experiential understanding of? I guess like I feel like also at our age, like you don't think about it a whole lot just because like you don't think you're going to die. Like right. I'm not thinking about like I'm almost going to die every day. So like you don't think about it often and it's not something that you like ponder. So but sometimes like if you do think about it like wow that's actually very real like one day like you are gone and it's can be scary i think and why people like avoid talking about it because like we're all gonna die eventually (laughs) as morbid as like you think it is like it's just something that happens to everyone and like no one likes to talk about it because like you like it's the unknown so like no yeah, one wants i hear to, that like, but the doors are locked and we're going to talk yeah. about it the next hour so what do we <laughs> that's true yeah so so what do we say how about this let's open it up like this what do we know about heaven hell and purgatory any of the above we know they exist right yeah some way somehow they do exist i mean i think well adding a little bit to what she said it's we're young mm-hmm. so we don't think about those things but i think what makes me think to about death really is um when i'm in college and i'm thinking about my career and i'm thinking what i'm going to do and i see all these problems in life all these problems in the world are all these problems in the country really sure that are happening and avoiding us to pursue certain careers especially like in the healthcare mm-hmm. um with the vaccine and so many things like that are stopping you and you're in this dilemma of what do i do what will i do with my life and I get so anxious about these problems. I get so anxious about what I'm going to do with my life that at the end, it kind of just, it gets, it's so long that I'm thinking about this that I get to a point where I'm like, what's the point? Right. What's the point? I'm going to die. And I finally (laughs) get to that point of, oh my goodness, my vocation. That's what really matters. It's so hard for us living as temporal beings, right, who experience change Mm -hmm. in time to, and we hear it all the time, we say it all the time, I repeat this to myself, I remind myself all the time, but to say like, we are not made for this world is a really tough thing to grasp because we, I know that, but I don't know if I can, I mean, I'm sure there are some Mm -hmm. saints who are much better than I can, but like, I don't feel that way very often, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like I'm absolutely made for the stuff I have to do tomorrow and for, you know, taking care of my wife and taking care of my children. And those those are good things, but it's not what I'm ordered towards primarily. And I think, yeah, that's why I'm like, our vocations, that's what's leading us to heaven. Like if we fulfill what God wants us to do in his will, that's what leads us to heaven, not hell. But then we think, okay, does hell exist? Because I know a lot of people... And not just Protestants or just people without a religion, even Catholics themselves, mostly Catholics, actually, from what I've encountered, there's always that doubt of, does hell actually exist? Right. Does it exist? Why would God be so cruel to vent such a place? I'm like, well, what makes you think that he even invented it? Right. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to something. I don't remember. I think it was an audio book or something. And they were talking about the sort of... You know, the, the growth in secularism and the lack of religiosity and everything in America, especially amongst Gen X down, right? And they were saying, they, they were really focusing on how that, that was a lie, right? That there is this religion, but the religion is one that basically boils down to a few tenets that most young people agree on, which is there's a God that exists that loves us and wants us to help us out of hard times. So we should pray to him to make ourselves feel better. He wants us to be generally good, which means not hurting other people. And that there's no hell that exists or punishment for it. And it's basically this idea of the big cosmic yeah. Santa Claus. He wants you to be happy and he's not going to hurt you. And just like, try to be good, man. I get it if you don't. And that 
I, not to use unnecessarily strong language, but I don't think you can be too strong here. That is a bald faced lie and spitting in the face of, of Christ, right. right? Yeah. So yeah, this is a little a little dark first half, but let's let's dig deeper. <laughs> hell. What do we know about hell? The complete removal and like absence of God. So like um someone said this analogy once of like sometimes when you hurt someone and you know you were in the wrong mm-hmm. and that kind of hurts you're like oh like why'd i do that because you know and like that knowing okay kind of like that feeling magnified where you know now like you are removed from god correct me if i'm wrong but like you can feel like the pain of like being without god completely like Girl, when I, yeah, when I'm in when I'm in mortal sin, when I need to go to, go to confession, I absolutely yeah. have what I'm sure is just the tiniest fraction yeah. of that feeling. Yeah, exactly. hope still exists totally. Yeah. Uh, as long as we're our hearts beating. Um, but no, I, I I hear that. I love yeah. going back to the hope thing, and going back to Dante. Right, that abandon yes, all Dante. hope, ye who enter. Like yep. what a not beautiful but powerful depiction yeah. of what separates the hell from everything else because it is a unique place in both physical and non-physical planes Mm -hmm. of existence right yeah Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because like when i was younger like a lot of people also think like you think like like the fire burning and like something hurts and stuff but it's really just like the lack of something not really something happening right i heard one time and if anybody knows the source on this help me out but (laughs) that god created hell because he loved Lucifer and because he loved those who cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so instead of completely destroying them, hell exists. And we use hell as this very, you know, it, I mean, it is a terrible place, of sure. course, because you're not in heaven, you're not with God, but it was created so that he could send those whom he loves somewhere and not have to destroy them completely. Wait, is that who is that? Who's I don't know that source. I, I and uh, that. maybe we can try and find it on the break. But yeah, definitely I, I not going to go I, out on a limb and say that's canonical. But right, uh, right. no. Um, <laughs> well, all the depictions of hell though. that have always resonated with me are the ones that, like you said, it's not it's not fire and burning and brimstone. It's just empty, boring, mm-hmm. apathetic nothingness. C.S. Lewis, right? The Great Divorce. If you mm-hmm. guys have read that, I I the love you know it's the people from hell who are visiting heaven, and heaven is so vibrant and so real that the blades of grass are piercing through their feet and mm-hmm. all of these things, right? Yeah. We don't want to get to the point where we say it's like just lonely. Like I feel like that's like a very like general term. Sure, I do believe that there is both. Like I feel like the biggest suffering of the damned are they're suffering eternally um and i feel like the pains that they feel like on their well they don't have a body yet their their soul i feel like what hurts the most is the lack of god like right. combined mm-hmm. by like they could be on the bottom bit of hell the one that they all share that's the same is not having god at all mm-hmm. right and um if i'm being honest i feel like you we, we all believe in the resurrection of the body mm-hmm. and not only the righteous will be resurrected but the damned as well and i feel like the way we connect like the the damned will like connect with their bodies again mm-hmm. and that i feel like that suffering is going to be multiplied because they'll see the vessel that got them to hell like i feel well, like that's going to sure. be multiplied by 10 but sure. eternally and that's that's a concept i've always had um like honestly i've had a very hard time grasping like just eternity and just i feel like even if i tried my my small little mind will never grasp <laughs> right. it but like even to this point i kind of like struggle with it like how someone how could someone be so bad to where they 
are going to be eternally punished. Eternally. Like eternally. Non-stop. Yes, it's right. never going to stop. Oh, and that seems contrary to justice when you just say it out loud, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we hear a lot the idea that God God does not send us to hell. We choose hell. Mm-hmm. Can somebody right. flesh that idea? Because that's a tough one. What does that mean? We choose hell. Why would anybody ever choose hell? What's that mean? I mean, I think the way that I would interpret is God, whether you believe in him or not, whether you're born Catholic or not, there's always these little opportunities that he gives us, these graces, these opportunities to be good. Sure. And the most like in the way that we know good, because not everyone knows what good is. They kind of get like, okay, don't lie or mm-hmm. oh, share or oh, be generous. But these little things, I think he gives us opportunity to try to get to heaven. And, you know, I'm trying to think. Repeat the question again. <laughs> no, I was saying we, what we always hear about is people who say like, or I mean, we, what we understand is that God does not send us to hell. God is not up there yeah. acting okay. as our just this merciless who wants to punish us eternally, yeah. right? Which sounds unmerciful and unjust. But we are choosing hell. We are choosing to turn our back on God. We see Lucifer yeah. do that. Lucifer, with full knowledge, right, turning his back on God and saying, "No, I'm I'm not going to follow." Well, continuing with that, then. We have these opportunities, and I and like what she said, we have like our conscious, like constantly like picking at us, whether it's loud, whether it's silent, like there's always something picking on us, and that kind of just slowly goes away the longer you stay in mortal sin, sure, you know. And by that time, you're practically damned to hell unless you go to confession, you know, you never know what the day or moment you're going to die, and it's it's always a choice like all our actions are a choice because we have free will right and i think that's that's what it means by us choosing our paths because Absolutely. people put so many excuses of oh my life is like this oh my life is like that but in reality there's a lot of things that you choose for your own self and how you get out of those problems i feel like you choose hell by choosing sin it's sure. just it's, i feel like sometimes things are very hard but like <clears throat> We don't understand it because we don't have the eyes of spirituality. Like we can't see into like how our souls are, but we choose hell by choosing sin, which is a hard thing to grasp, which like I said, I struggle with it. But deep down inside, I know when I choose sin, um, it's like like the thing we said, it's like you're, you are spitting in the face of God. Right. That does offend him. Well, we've all been there, right? I mean, we've all been in positions. I, I assume everybody here, other than producer Ben, has mortally sinned before, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, th- when I was a younger, when I was a younger man. I used to think about Lucifer, right? And what a, I just thought, what an idiot, right? Why would you do that? Like, obviously, like oh, God, He's creator of everything, right? You have full knowledge of what you're doing by trying. You're turning your back on Him and, and all of these things. But the older I get, the more I, I as, as I look at myself and I look at my own pride and I look at my own arrogance, I kind of get it like I'm, I'm it's wrong but but i understand the mindset and i understand why you would say no i'm being so prideful that to prove a point i now i'm turning my i'm turning my back on this i know that this is right and good and blah 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 but me i'm not about to bow my knee down to anybody and anything and i i kind of understand and i feel like as i've grown in my faith this sounds contradictory, but I've understood Lucifer's choice to reject God more as I have wanted to reject God less, if that makes sense. I, I mean, I understand that 100%. Yeah. I think that's the same thing with me. I feel like the closer I've gotten to my faith, I understand why he chose that. And then there's also, not just me, but you know, you also see examples in your life where you're like, why is this person being so prideful? And they can't accept, and it could be with the tiniest, smallest thing. It doesn't even have to be like this huge problem. It could right. be, oh, you did not 
follow instructions, but mm-hmm. you're gonna be prideful enough to be like, no, you didn't say it, or oh no, you didn't tell me, or sure. you know, these small little things just to prove that you're right no matter what. So mm-hmm. a lot of our a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters would argue that if you uh if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're not a baptized Christian, or if you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that it is a one-way ticket to hell. What's the Catholic take on that? And by Catholic take, I mean, what's the right answer? I want to make it really clear, but I'm not <laughs> saying, like, what do we think? What do they No, no. They're, they're wrong. Yeah. Why? Well, as far as I know and believe to be true, is that we we don't believe those people are just damned for damnation's sake. That right. They didn't know any better. So, you know, there they go. But it's that we don't really, we, we don't know for sure because mm-hmm. it's hard to know for sure. Like if you, like say my grandmother who, you know, I believe in the bottom of my heart that she went to heaven because yeah. that was one of the most godly women I've yeah. ever known. But she was Protestant and she was hard Protestant. Right. Um, but we believe in the the mercy of God. And we believe that God knows that person better than anyone, better than that person knows themselves. Um, and that they are judged by their actions, um, whether those actions be moral or not. If that person was living their life in a way that anyone could see as wrong, as sinful, then, you know, those actions are rightly punishable just because they say, oh, well, I didn't know those things were bad. That's not really an argument there. Well, we also have yeah. natural law. I love reading the, the ancients. We do that mm-hmm. uh, teach an ancient history course and we, we read a lot of uh, we read a lot of Plato and Aristotle and, and some of that stuff. And it's so cool to see these people who exist before Christ, right, who are able to understand basic morality because right. it is written yeah. on our hearts. Unless you have a serious mental illness, right, we have – and I'm serious. Like, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not trying to be funny, right? People who, who struggle with, uh, you know, sociopathic, psychopathic, whatever mm-hmm. tendencies right, might not be able to access that conscience, right? But – Natural law is written on our hearts by virtue of our personhood, by virtue of our humanity. And as a result, we do have some understanding of what is right and what is wrong. Like even if, if, even, even if you do not know God and know the Ten Commandments, you know if you think hard enough and all these ancients thought hard enough about it. Right. And they basically came to the same conclusions right. that the Ten Commandments kind of set out it's almost like truth is true whether you believe it or not exactly and sin is sin regardless <laughs> wow it's crazy how that works <laughs> that's awesome that's a really great idea john yeah. Henry. i don't Thanks. know how I, I made that up i just came up yeah. with that yeah. <laughs> but uh, you could or i was just going to mention like um the canon does say like a person doesn't really choose like where they're born like what culture what like you can't control your circumstances to like a certain extent, but then like also there's a part where like you can't control, like you just were born in a certain part of the world and you didn't know Jesus. Like you're born in the depths of the Amazon rainforest, exactly. uncontacted by the outside. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So like there are people like that right now. Yeah. So you're going to be like judged to like your certain circumstance. And that isn't like, Something that's interesting is like a lot of times like we think like, oh, like just don't be like Hitler and you're not going to have right. like, yeah. <laughs> so it's just like specific to the person like God knows in your heart, like to what extent can you like push it? In one way that's true? hopeful yeah. for the people that don't know anything like we're referring mm-hmm. to them. Yeah. But when we put ourselves in that spot. Totally. 
like we're all Catholic and we all know everything, you'll right. be judged yeah. according to what you know. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes our sins 10 times graver than those who don't know it. I That's bring that true. up all the time to kids in my theology class. We're talking about culpability. Like, mm. Congratulations. You're in this class. You took you know these other theology classes. You are way more culpable for your sins <laughs> yeah. than anybody else. You have a much higher yeah. likelihood because your mortal sins are now mortally sinful for sure because you have full knowledge now. Congratulations. Yeah. I've given you all the gift yeah. of being capable to mortally sin. So now you have an extra responsibility not to. Yeah, yeah and speaking on that, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I remember the first time I heard that. I'm like, to my dad, I'm like, I wish I didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> like, you just not tell me. <laughs> he's like, but what's beautiful also about being culpable is that like, you're able to work for it now. You're able right. to like, enjoy the fruit so much more because you know, and you have that hope. So like, it's also like, a beautiful side to it, I feel like. But you can receive more graces. Yeah, yeah. yeah more graces. Yeah. You right. know, all that yeah. help and those blessings. So. Yeah. Yeah, and the same way you get more guilt when doing it, yeah. you get more grace by not doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you know that it's for the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That no, that's it. beautiful. Uh, we got such a huge production team here that I oh yeah I had written 50 on a, people yeah right there at least <laughs> uh -huh. that I, I've lost count uh, came in and gave me a neon napkin with a couple of chapters and verses <laughs> from the Bible written down and I want to transition from a discussion of hell to a con uh, discussion of purgatory because I think that is something that is super interesting and like worth digging our teeth into but I wanted to read a couple of verses about hell and uh, the reason I wanted to read verses about hell from the Bible in particular is because. Years ago, after Southern Catholic shut down, Julian, um, yes. I was living in an extended stay hotel with Jordan and Dan, um, and not doing last names, but the smaller yep. Dan. And, okay. uh, and <laughs> did you go to Southern Catholic? I did. Yeah, I graduated. My sister went there. Who's Wait, your sister? sister? Who's your sister? So did I. Uh, it was a long time ago. You because they Them closed. Too. You forget her name. No, her name is no. Her name is Noemi Dominguez. But yeah, so we know we know everybody who's there. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Yeah, I was gonna say because they closed down like. 2010. 2010. There was only right? like yeah. 250 students. We all know. Yeah, we were all there. We all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then she. She knew. She no, I'm telling you, she was roommates with my wife. Her name was. Huh? She was roommates <laughs> with my wife. No, you. Yeah. yeah, Rachel. My my wife went to Southern Catholic as well. Really? Yes. Wow. I mean, it's, it's so small. I'm it's not, a great I don't know about it. There were like 200 people wow. in the school. Like, it lasted no. five years. We all know everybody who went there. Oh, okay. We're yeah, going to bring it back to life long. one day. It was the best place in the world. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Um, speaking of what it would not be the best place in the world, <laughs> and a place that wouldn't be even in the world, hell. That's right, Ben. Did you see that segue? That's a great segue, John Henry. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Um, so, so I want to read these because after the school shut down, I lived at this extended stay hotel with some buddies. And we had some Jehovah's Witnesses that came by and knocked on the door. And if you know anything about Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm not attacking the Jehovah's Witnesses, but once again, they, they, they get a lot of stuff wrong, some pretty serious stuff, right? They're, they're anti-Trinitarian, all of these things. And they also don't believe in hell. They don't believe in the churches. They don't believe the hell exists. Right? Really? Must it, be nice. It all boils down to <laughs> when we die, 144,000 men, sorry, ladies, um, oh. go to heaven and everybody else, either, the, I, think, I believe the righteous end up in the Garden of Eden. And the unrighteous just disappear out of existence. It's like they didn't exist at all. And so I got in this big discussion about hell. And as a Catholic, I was not super well-versed in my Bible, right? And so I, I was having trouble pulling out verses. Uh, I think I quoted, uh, I don't know. I, I, I quoted a few things about gnashing of teeth and lakes of fire <laughs> and, and whatnot. Um, but this, just, this was just given to us from the back room. This is from Matthew 25, uh, verse 41. 
Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are accursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devils and his angels. And this is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And I, I'm sure we could pull out, off a, a few more, but I do. Once again, I think it's so important for us to sort of have those knee jerk like, hey, well, what about this? Like, you want to play the throwing out Bible verses game? Because a lot of our Protestant brothers and sisters are way better than us at this. Mm-hmm. And they're also really good at verses that are out of context. Well, I think, <laughs> yeah. the, I think that reason is because that's all they have. Right. We have the sacraments. Right. And like, that's what, what we need. Well, We've heard um, uh, not having any knowledge of the scriptures is not having any knowledge of Christ. Right. So we should be, we should know it. But I feel like we focus on the sacraments a lot, but we should, like, we kind of, like, for, like, we kind of ne- neglect it. So I think we should become a little bit more, you know. No, I agree. We need, to, we need to dive deeper into scripture just as, as Catholics, I think. And that's some, a place where I really fall short. Um, plus, we've got the unaver- uh, unabridged version, which is really cool of the mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. And we also don't <laughs> believe that sacred scriptures are only form of revelation right which is super the tradition of the church so that being said i want to talk about purgatory and purgatory is one we didn't look up second maccabees did we we didn't look up that verse (laughs) off air we should have done that shout out to Uh, rames though yeah seriously no way dude (laughs) yeah we should be friends christian (laughs) yeah um but uh i want to i want to get into purgatory and you ran out your car to get a special Special edition of something for the show. Yeah, I did. Um, So it is a book called Purgatory is for Real. It was actually a gift from Catholic Answers. Uh, I called into the show to talk about purgatory. And we had an interesting conversation with the author, Carlo Roussard. Did he uh, sign it? No, I was come on, that. Carlo. No, you're out there, dude. Yeah, if you're out there, I want to come on, honest to God, and sign the book. Then. <laughs> Seriously, you all will be forgiven. <laughs> um, but you know, he gets into the. Catholics are not the only ones that talk about purgatory. Right. I mean, if you think about it, even Exodus is kind of an entire book on purgatory sure. in and of itself. I think it's about that time, guys. Thanks for being here. It's been a pleasure. This is Honest to God. Producer Ben. Signing off. Over and out. Great discussion on heaven, hell, and purgatory. You want to hear the complete conversation or maybe previous episodes you might have missed just go to ewtnradio.net and simply click on podcast central now we're moving from the discussions of heaven hell and purgatory into a discussion of reverence with one of our latest podcasts just added to podcast central with the rome boys we'll get into that after the break on this week's catholics coast to coast The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Welcome back to Rome Boys. On this episode, we're going to talk about reverence. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it 
comes up a lot, you know, for us. Like I think it's one of our uh, passions for sure. So let's we're making a video about it. <laughs> yeah, reverence. Yes. What is reverence? Right, right. The first time I hear the word after having uh, talked with a bishop Athanasius mm. in Kazakhstan, uh, when we asked him about uh, how can we bring reverence back, mm, he to said, the liturgy. Mm-hmm. "Yeah, to the liturgy." He said, "Kneel and receive on the tongue." Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, I mean, there was right. a couple other things, but that was that the was first the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just right off the bat, no we receive on the tongue, kneel. Yeah. And Neil, yeah. A big one, if we can start a movement, it would be so amazing if this could happen in your parish. But So you receive Holy Communion at Mass, whether that's on the tongue or on the hand, okay, but and you do in the state of grace, right? You go back to your pew, you hear all the rest of the things, so the Mass is in to go in peace, we sing the song. It's amazing when parishes can all kneel and then, you know, obviously pray for a few moments, but let's keep the church quiet and reverent. So yeah. we can continue to pray. All the saints said, you know, like we know biologically, like within us, Jesus is there physically in us for many, many minutes afterwards. This is the greatest moment to be as close as we can to Jesus. Our Lady had Jesus inside of, you know, Jesus yeah, inside of world. Our Lady. Yeah. We have the Savior of the world. This is the best time to pray. But then we break into a huge conversation and everybody's talking. Now, community is good, and we have to have fellowship, right. and we have to converse, but do it outside. And if you don't have a parish hall, build one. And if you don't have a yeah. find a way to where that house, God's house, from beginning to the end, it's always a place where it's a place of prayer. Our, at the top of our church, yeah. this is a house of prayer. Like, mm-hmm. But if everybody's talking, and it's hard at big events, and there's a confirmation, sure. and everybody's taking pictures at a wedding, and I get it. And I've talked in church, too. you know, like, And I've had conversations. Sometimes you even feel led to go up to somebody and talk to them. Like, you know, you're not yeah. going to be able to catch them outside, but let's strive for that, a mm-hmm. quieter, more reverent, respectful place. And I think that will help increasing devotion and love for the Eucharist and re- the real presence and believing in the Eucharist because this place is different. You it's know, sacred. Even at Mass today, somebody was in the back and they were talking really loud. I'm like, what's the deal? Like, and I don't want to look back at them and give them the glare like, yeah. I'm better than you, but why are you talking? Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it all. Can mm-hmm. you do that outside? Like, yeah. I'm trying to pray and so are others, you know, like, let's, and hopefully vice versa. I would do the same thing. I wouldn't bust into conversation as well. It used to be that way where nobody, so I remember as a kid when we'd go into church, and Shh, you'd be quiet. Yeah. You're reverent, mm-hmm. you know, we're just being quiet. And I think over time, I mean, do you think it was related to the, the belief? De- the decline of the belief I mean, in the real presence. We're yeah. saying that 70% do not believe and are receiving. Well, who cares if you if you don't believe that that's truly him? Then who cares if you're talking? It right, would, right. It, it, it it is profound whenever it is always silent and reverent mm. in the sanctuary. Yeah. You know, yeah. in the, in the church where the sanctuary is in front of you, and uh, it it just speaks volumes to the fact that we believe that Jesus yeah. is right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, it might seem like such a subtle little thing, mm-hmm. but uh, whenever you're it, you can't. You're actually taking away from the opportunity for some, maybe somebody who did want to just sit there and pray mm-hmm. uh, in silence after mass right. for however long. Uh, you know, it's it's very interesting that uh, <clears throat> these things happen so con- subtly, so subtly. Mm-hmm. But you know, if 
if the if I would say the priest or even the deacon takes that leadership and says leave in silence, yeah, we do it on Friday. Parish we right. went to, we spoke at. They yeah, had an announcement afterwards. They actually yes. yeah. be quiet and be respectful After as you the leave. Mass, After they the mass, yeah. And then there was places everybody was talking outside. Great, you know. Yeah. Don't leave. You know, don't go straight to your car. Please converse. Have community. Some, you know, have a, yeah. some type of that was great. Yeah, it was in the, in the announcements. I never had heard that before. Yeah, that please cool. be quiet as you're leaving. Mm. So others can yeah. pray. Just, he's there in the sanctuary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. There's reasons That's we're awesome. saying this. It's not. These aren't pet peeves. Like, right. Our our hope. Kind of. And, and, and <laughs> our goal. Yeah, right. Right. But it it's amazing the impact that these subtle things can have on the. I mean, if if our kids know if we because what we're doing is we're saying that that is Jesus and we're taking it serious. Like mm-hmm. we don't talk here. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but on Good Friday we leave in silence. Right. And there's an announcement. And Jesus is even in the church. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's in all of us. You know, yeah. we're walking tabernacles, but the place sure. is empty. You Isn't know, it true? Yeah. We still show reverence. Yeah. That and I noticed that, you know, we do see silence before mass starts. Yeah. In most you know, places, yes. In yeah. most places, you see people walking We're not talking in. about babies crying. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. We, we That's accept different. the babies. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring That's the love them. Yeah. If your church ain't crying, it's dying. So mm-hmm. anyway, but no, that's different. You can't control that. But you can control your own speech and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But you notice nobody's talking as mass is about to start. Everybody's yeah. preparing. We hope that everybody's preparing themselves for mass. Yeah. But in the same way, why can't we end it with that? I think, well, and then two, this might be a pet peeve. You know what really grinds my gears? The announcements. Mm-hmm. I think they should be done before mass starts. Well, the germ says mm-hmm. it, and it says that announcements are, are outside only, the confines of the mass. Yeah, yeah. and it says mm-hmm. only in emergency uh, situations should yeah. you have announcements, especially right after communion. Mm-hmm. Sure. Again, that that's not the time. Like you said, <laughs> yeah. this is a great time to pray. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, instead of having these announcements or even congratulating somebody who celebrated... Yeah, or the little choir or whatever it may be. Was it yeah, Padre yeah. Pio that said, uh, what about clapping? Applause, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. clapping. You're clapping for the devil or what was it? He was basically against clapping and all the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All would which you clap way? at the crucifixion? At the, at oh, Calvary. that's what it was. Would you, yeah, Calvary. Mm-hmm. Would you clap at Calvary? May God have mercy on your soul. Mm. Yeah, it's like because this is the sacrifice, the holy sacrifice of the mass, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what really grinds my gear. I wonder, at a practical level, because I like to look at the life that way, is like so the mass is in and go in peace. Thanks be to God. We sing the song, and then somebody just automatically starts the rosary or something, you know. Yeah. And so everybody, okay, we'll quietly walk out because I yeah. don't want to pray the rosary. Or yeah. That's fine, you know. Like, you know, but something to where it kind of gets to that point to where yeah. it can teach. Maybe. It's 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 not a social event. Like that's exactly. the thing. It is not. It. I love the priest in at St. Thomas University in Houston. I think you need to say that again. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, like it's not. Yeah. It's not a social event. It's not. A lot of people go to church for that's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> Just who's there? Yeah. They're looking around. They're gonna afterwards. Okay, I gotta make sure I go talk to them. Yeah. No. And we worry about what we wear. You know, because we worry about what other people are gonna think about us for for you or know. Some people don't. Or yeah. <laughs> well, Walmart people do yeah. not wear a beer t-shirt yeah. to church to yeah. mass. To mass, yeah. Like, and that's what really grinds my gears. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, so at St. Thomas University Sorry. in Houston, yes, what the priest said uh, at the beginning, and his voice was just booming. The acoustics were amazing. Uh, this is our finest hour. Mm. And then he would stand in silence. Every time? Every time. Oh, my goodness. Wow. At every mass. This is our finest hour. 
and it was awesome uh, because he, he was a football coach mm. and just had a, a booming voice. And it just, it just, you were ready. Are you ready? Like th- that's when you knew this is your finest hour. I mean, it really is mm-hmm. uh, yeah. every single week. So, you know, if, if we can set the stage for what's happening, I think it would bring reverence back. Yeah. You know, we always teach the first communicants to have their hands folded like this, but I feel like I'm the only adult that still does that. Oh, yeah. You, know, like, yeah. you know, why are we teaching them at second when you're grade walking up in communion? Uh, to receive communion? Exactly. Yeah. Why are we teaching them then if we don't want them to do it the rest of their lives? And, yeah. like, you know, and I'm not saying that's the most reverent way to do things, but at yeah. least it, for me, it focuses me on like, this is a special moment outside of anything that I do today yeah. that I'm going up to receive our Lord. So anyways, like, again, why are we doing it for them if we're not going to continue to do that? Yeah. And, and that's yeah. a sign of reverence we all agree i think so yeah that's very true i mean mm-hmm. that's part of you know we talk about if we want reverence we need to mm-hmm. show reverence sure. we need to be examples of reverence to bring mm-hmm. that back into the church so you know the whole talking after mass is over i mean it's father's out of the church yeah people stand up and they're talking it's mm-hmm. conversation time it's like, yeah you know and some people are still kneeling and mm-hmm. somebody comes over and starts talking to them right <laughs> Come on, now. Interestingly enough, it has actually caused some like points of contention. Like you know, you're praying and uh, someone's there wanting to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, they're and standing it's like, there and it's awkward. Yeah, and like, just just awkward. Praying. Uh, <laughs> I've even said like, I'll talk outside. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and it's a teachable moment. That's good. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's the truth. Yeah. It, I don't mean anything by it. Mm-hmm. I just I'm here. I just received Jesus. I just want a little more time here mm-hmm. uh, in his presence with the tabernacle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Another way to show reverence is just simply genuflecting on your right knee when you pass the tabernacle, or at least a reverent bow, you know, as you go into the pew, as you leave. Like simple things, but again, we, it gets lost. You yeah, know, like Father, if, if we're not reminded of it, we won't continue to do it. And why? Because God's right there. And if he's not yeah. in the center, genuflect to the direction of where he is, where Jesus is. Uh, there's a, uh, I don't know if it's a YouTube video, but Father Michael O'Connor, who, who uh, was there um, at our wedding, you know, married us and all that. Uh, he said, oh, ma'am, because, uh, <laughs> you know, when they went to genuflect, it was just, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like oh, or are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little hiccup. <laughs> he said, oh, and then all Don't of a sudden fall. there must have been a fly in her face because she was like this. Oh, oh, that was your sign of the cross. Oh, my goodness. But he was, he, it would just fire him up. Mm. Like, yeah. That's what you're going to do in front of Jesus? Mm. Yeah. Uh, let exactly. me see that again, yeah. you know, the way it should be done. I mean, this honestly, when king. we walk in, sure. shouldn't we be prostrate? I mean, like yeah. all the way down on the ground, yeah. like, you know, like you before think. our Lord. I used to look at adoration, people come in, I'm like, wow, why are they doing that? And I'm like, that's the best way to worship our Lord. Like, yeah. this is why we're here. Get mm. your face on the ground. Like, this yeah. is God's presence. Yeah. I'd it, like to see the communion rail back. Yeah. yeah. Or if, if, if nothing else, the patent. You know, the yeah. little dish, the altar server's holding it right mm-hmm. below to catch him. Another way falls, to show reverence, you know. absolutely. St. Margaret's uh, yeah. of Scotland uh, in yeah. St. Angelo does uses uses it. Uh, in uh, Houston at St. Michael uh, the Archangel downtown, uh, they use it. And uh, also... The one right next to Minute Maid Park. Uh, this is a little bit down the road. 
But uh, they have the communion oh, rail. Also, and yeah. they, also, they do intinction. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They dip it into the, the blood, and then mm-hmm. they give it to you on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the communion rail. Yeah, yeah. And he knows That's how to do it now. strongly encouraging to receive on the tongue, because you can't receive on the hand in that case. They, they don't let <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, right. You, don't you let can't, because you. Yeah. you have the blood right you can't. That's right. Yeah. He dips it, he puts it on your tongue, and he moves on. Man, he can get moving now. I mean, he's... Yeah, right. It's actually very fast. It's mm-hmm. much faster that way. I'd like to see somebody time it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard somebody complain that, you know, or comment that it takes too long. It takes too long. I don't know. I'd like to put a stopwatch on that. I bet yeah. it wouldn't happen. But what does it matter? Are we supposed to time the well, cavalry? True. I remember that in the Padre Pio movie. Oh, yeah. Because he would do mass two to three hours. Are you timing the cavalry? Like, <laughs> that's Padre Pio. <laughs> Drop the mic. Good point. Yeah. Good point. So if it does take longer, what is this? the purpose to give yeah. God the glory? I remember having that thought, yeah. and uh, there was a um, Hispanic gentleman holding two babies. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was not too long ago at mass. And... Uh, the line was very long. And why in the world would I have a negative thought about that? <laughs> you know, first and foremost. Yeah. But then he came right. and he just kneeled down. With the two babies. With the two babies Sweet. and received on Take the tongue. <laughs> dirt, dirty, work clothes, you know. and But, you know, all these people. And seeing, noticing, you know, I try to keep my head down. I, sure. I'm not there to judge anybody. Mm. Uh, but, you know, seeing kind of some irreverence, uh, you know, just walking up and like uh, – before, before that guy yeah. came through. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, here he is, the last person in line. Mm. And I'm just like, you the man. Oh. It reminds me of God's mercy, you know, because yeah. a lot of people are screwing up, but there are people that really get it. And that because of those people, yeah. you know, God is still, uh, hasn't come sure. back yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hasn't let his wrath go on the, right. on the world. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. talk about, like, I know what you're talking about, the whole reverence where the guys walk up and they don't even hold. Don't say sorry, amen. Yeah. Don't say yeah. amen. They hold her hand out. I watched the girl this past Sunday receive it. Didn't even make the sign of the cross. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just took yeah, it just... in her hand, threw it in her mouth, and walked off. Mm-hmm. And that's. Come on, guys! Y'all know who this is. Yeah, yeah. You know, hold, if you're going to receive on the hand, hold it up like yeah. it's an altar, like it's a throne. Yes, yes. You know, yes. yeah. Let me cupping it right here, but mm-hmm. at your belly. I guess we've yeah, all been there too, though, right? Pet we pet were sorry. all there at one time. Maybe oh, sure. not you, because you were converted and became yeah. the church. But like, you know, I hope not. I was yeah. in the mo- yeah. going yeah. through the motions too. Again, know, so it goes back to that relationship you have with Christ. Mm-hmm. Where are you at in that relationship? Are you the one that has it at your stomach, yeah. or are you? receiving your king. Doug Berry actually talks to that point. He said, you know, most of you are probably like me. He was at a talk, E6 conference, and and he said, uh, uh, I was born Catholic, and so uh, it's easy to get lukewarm. Mm -hmm. And he just, he talked about that, and I was like, whoa, evangelizing those that Mm -hmm. are in that, of that disposition. Mm -hmm. And he talked about converts, you know, and being on fire and saying, well, why would you do that? Do you know Mm -hmm. what this is? And Mm -hmm. uh, so... You know, when we're talking to our audience here, those that are, uh, we're so thankful <laughs> are listening. If they still are. <laughs> yeah, right. Power nap. It is interesting how influential you can be as an everyday Catholic just sure. by being reverent. And saying nothing. It's, it's the yeah. actions. Yeah. yeah. It's your mm-hmm. actions that speak volumes. Like James said in the book mm-hmm. of James, right? Mm-hmm. We have an older gentleman that goes to Rowena that 
you know, you're not the only one that still does his hands oh, yeah. folded. I'm I thinking know. one. I exactly know. I don't, I don't know if he want me to name his name. No, 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 it would embarrass him. But, but still, he, it's like that calls me. Like when yeah. I see him, like not because I do it, but because, wow, that reminds me he's going up for God. It is yeah. it's, it's like the priest wearing the collar. Yeah. And a sister that has fully habited. It's just like, wow, it's, it's encouraging. It really yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. But then he's also one of these guys that it's loud in church, mostly because he can't hear. Okay. Remember our little talk about true but unhelpful comments? Okay. <laughs> okay. It's like, what? You know, <laughs> yeah, no names. No names. Yeah. No names. Uh, anyway. will, Deacon Allen does a great job with his reverence and yes. his hands together. Absolutely. And it's, he had a great response. Just do what the deacon does as far mm-hmm. as the parishioners go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, if you, you know, have a question about being reverent or yeah. how you should be There's standing, yeah. do what the deacon does. I like that advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. It, it was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, even those for those that are confused on when to stand, when to kneel, when to sit, you know. Yeah. Uh, Catholic calisthenics. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Well, like you said, if there was one thing I could do in a church and I could make that decision, I would say altar rail. That is just oh, it. Yeah. Because yeah. it just shows physically, you see it, you know, so when you walk into mm-hmm. the church and then the action of everybody hitting their knees and receiving our Lord, it makes you think, you know, like, am mm-hmm. I, is this a piece of bread or is this really Jesus to yeah. those people that are kind of going through the motions? Sure. Yeah. Or yeah. even like uh, we saw at uh, Texarkana, mm-hmm. the kneeler. Mm-hmm. Just having a kneeler. Oh, making yeah, you it can available. Just move. It's like right there. Yeah, yeah having the yeah. kneeler right beside where you would normally go to yeah. stand if yeah. you wanted to choose to kneel. go to the kneeler, go to the kneeler. Yeah. yeah. Or just kneel right there in the Give aisle. people the option. I'm constantly reminded of, as we have this discussion, uh, is it Chris Tomlin? Uh, Chris Tomlin, mm-hmm. uh, uh, would I stand before you or in all mm-hmm. of you be still? You yeah. know, that song. There you go. It, yeah. it definitely invokes that that yeah. thought, that prayerful mm-hmm. thought. Like, mm-hmm. what would you do in the face yeah. of Jesus, at the feet of Jesus? This could be your last Mass. This yeah. is the last time you're, mm-hmm. you're receiving our Lord. You might be seeing our Lord here in a few minutes. You're like, yeah. yeah. Well, this is a big deal. Believe in miracles! Yes! Yeah, yeah, it is. Hence, let's it's, encourage reverence. Yes. If, it's, if it's the source and summit of our faith, shouldn't you treat it that way? Yeah, absolutely. How so, you dress, how you act, how you... Yeah. yeah so, so you guys want to... early, stay there late. So with all this being said, you guys just want to name who we're talking about? I can't tell. You can tell me I'm a doctor. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'll pull out my list. <laughs> yeah, right. Abrasive Abner. Hello. My name is Abner. Now, as the ideal Catholic, rated 100% on Catholics.com. <laughs> Look that up. Scott. He's yeah. a funny guy. Yeah, he's a pretty funny guy. So be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Stop clapping. Put glass in your shoes. <laughs> glass real class. people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Put some glass in your shoes. That's good. I like it. Reverence, though, it's important. It's yeah. it's our outward yeah. sign how of the inward grace, right? Like the it? sacrament is. I mean, yeah. honestly, how hard is it to do? It's not much effort. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It just, uh, your kids will see it. Your grandkids yeah. will see it. The people in the pew will see it. And it's not for show. Yeah. It's yeah. simply it because down to if is, no one else was around you, yeah. how would you You're behave? doing it for exactly. God. You're not doing it for others. Yeah. Right. yeah. What it boils down to is who are you doing it for? Yeah. Yeah. How are you behaving in front of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Who are you doing it for? You're doing it for him. How would you behave in front of him? I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people who don't act a certain way in front of Certain people. Oh, yeah. You know, right. like their grandma. Yeah. <laughs> they don't use a certain language in front of sure, grandma. Sure. Right? You know, so we do it all the time. Yeah. So how am I not for Jesus? Yeah. Let's, let's behave like we would be if he was standing there. Mm-hmm. Because he is. And he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. Reverence, so, guys. It's reverence. I, yeah. Yeah, what Amen. we're trying to do is preserve 
the the reality of the truth in our church mm. and be people that are examples of that. That's mm-hmm. really oh, that's all it was. That yeah. too is I mean how we're called how, to holiness, right? We're trying to be example, like you said before. We're trying to be examples for our kids, and why not others? Yep. So. Amen. Yeah. In the meantime, be bold, be real, be Catholic. God, God bless. bless. And that's what really grinds my gears. Great conversation on reverence as you head to Mass this week, and hopefully that is helping to really give you a little insight into a deeper connection with Christ. And each and every day, we love to give that to you through our Podcast Central section. Just go to EWTNRadio.net to get the latest and get other and previous episodes that you might have missed. You can share those with your friends on your social media platforms and like and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, remember to let God define who you are. I'm Ace McKay, and I'll see you next week on Catholics Coast to Coast.